Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. It's Halloween time, and that time of the year when our host gets to be a witch instead of what he is the rest of the year. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe-smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine, coming to you from the recording studio built here at my home, just outside of Charlotte, North Carolina. And remember, you must be of legal smoking age wherever you are in order to listen to this fine show. So if you're underage, turn it off now. Click. Good. Okay, there we go. Uh, In tonight's show and pipe parts... I'm going to talk to you about uh, packing a pipe. <laughs> not how to not how to put tobacco in it, but uh, packing and traveling with your pipes. I got three different uh, three different processes of how I go through uh, picking out, selecting, and packing pipes for three different kind of trips. Three different kinds of trips for you. And uh, then my guest is. Um, Martin Roman of, uh, of Holland or the Netherlands, and I'm sure I've butchered Martin's name again, but uh, you get to hear me talk to him. He's a pipe maker, tamper maker, and uh, it, kind, of a, uh, kind of a true renaissance guy. Um, also, this week, if you are coming to the West Coast Pipe Show in Las Vegas, I will be arriving uh, Friday evening in las vegas and we'll be at the show all day saturday and all day sunday uh come by my table stop by the table just tell me that you love the pipes magazine radio show and i will uh i have a free gift for you and if you were there last year and you did that you got the same free gift again but uh, hey come by my table anyway i'll be uh sharing a table with uh ryan alden so i'll be the little guy at the table i'll be easier well i'll be hard to find if he's there Anyway, I uh, hope to see a lot of you there. Uh, I did hear that there is a Friday night gathering spot upstairs that's going to be open. So uh, we'll have to find that and find out about that because last year we were all in the sports bar. Uh, and I'm, I'm looking forward to you know just getting back to the Palace Station and seeing some more of the remodeled stuff. So, uh, hey, it's all work for me as part of a, a vacation planner. So... Uh, and then uh, hitting the strip a couple nights and hanging out and having a good time. So looking forward to it. Hope to see a lot of you there. All right, let's get the show rolling. So everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in. And here we go. There's nothing quite like fishing at dawn or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe. An American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. So, all right, uh, packing your uh, pipes and tobaccos, or as the anti-smokers call them, weapons of mass destruction. Um <laughs> The uh, so there there's three three different processes that I go through or three three different types of trips. I have a process for each one. All right. So here are the three trips: um, a road trip, a long trip that does not include a uh, pipe show, 
and I'm traveling by air, and then a pipe show trip. All right, so the uh, so the the easiest one is like the the long trips that that we've done to Europe or uh, or on a cruise or something like that, where we're flying and you know we're kind of concerned about traveling light. Now everything that I take with me, I have no concern about going through TSA with it. Uh, the only thing that you should be concerned about going through TSA with is a tamper that has a knife on it, which is an obvious no no. So you don't want to take that through airport security. And uh, sometimes I'm concerned about taking a uh, yeah, a sealed tin of tobacco that I don't want to open. All right. Maybe a tin that I want to trade with somebody uh, or a glass jar because sometimes security gets a little I've seen them get a little weird and they want to open up the tin of tobacco. OK. Uh, or they don't like you going in there with a glass jar. But, uh, you know, the glass jar is less likely. All right, so I'm going through security, no issues. I got my, I've got my Dejeep disposable lighter. I've got my favorite tamper. I've got my pipe cleaners. Uh, if I'm going on a long trip overseas or on a cruise or something like that, and I'm and I'm going on the airplane, uh, I have a hard-sided two-pipe case that holds really three of my standard travel pipes. Now I have uh, I have two pipes that go with me everywhere I go. And they fit in my pocket easily when we're there. So those two and maybe one other. All right. I use the hard-sided case. I put the tobacco and the pipe cleaners and, and that hard-sided case in my backpack. And I make sure that I bring enough pipe tobacco and pipe cleaners for the trip. All right. That's very simple. I don't bring more than the three pipes because I can smoke those pipes. You know, I can smoke one pipe all day long while we're out running around. And while we're running around, I've got my little uh, my my little over the shoulder bag or crossover bag, whatever you want to call call it. And in that, I only have the one pipe, maybe ten pipe cleaners, and a tin of tobacco. Uh, the rest of it stays in the hotel room. Now, if I'm going on a, a pipe show trip, now that's a whole different process because for a pipe show, I know I'm going to be smoking more, so I want more pipes with me. Uh, I'm going to bring other pipes that I normally, you know, uh, pipes that I don't want to normally throw in my pocket. So I'll bring one of my bigger seven pipe cases. And again, I'll bring that small uh, hard sided two or three pipe case. Now, when I'm packing these, I'm a little more careful when I'm using my seven pipe bag because that's a little bit more delicate. And I just want to make sure that my suit, that my, uh, that my backpack that it goes in can go under the seat in front of me because those pipes are going to be in there loose or they'll be in there in that soft sided seven pipe bag. And I don't want them getting beat up. All right. So if the pipes are, if I've brought my seven pipe bag, the pipe case goes or the, the backpack with my pipes and it goes under the seat in front of me. And I know that way it's not getting smushed in the overhead. Now, the pipes that I pick out for a pipe show, th this is where it gets interesting, and I'll be interested to hear if anybody else has any other opinions. But, of course, I want to bring some of my more favorite pipes that I can show off. Um, if there's a pipe maker that I've bought a pipe from and I know he's going to be there or she, I might want to bring that pipe with me so that I can smoke it with them or in front of them. Kind of fun. Uh, but again, so the, for a pipe show, I'm bringing some of my nicer looking pipes and I might want to put them in a pipe sleeve before I put them in the bag. Yeah. You know. So I'm, I'm going to take care of them. Okay. Uh, 
And I'm going to be a little more delicate with where that backpack goes on the airplane because, again, I don't want those pipes getting banged up. Uh, I might bring more special tobacco with me. When I'm, uh, when I'm traveling on the two other versions, I just bring tobacco that, I'm just, that I just plan on consuming myself, and it may not be the most special because I don't want to, you know, I may want to share it with people. Um, so that's a pipe show. Now, when I'm going on a road trip in the car, of course, I've got my two little pipes that, you know, that I'm going to smoke once we're on the trip. But while I'm in the car, now I've got some different dimensions that I want in the pipes. All right. I want pipes that are group four sized, maybe a group five size, because I want to be able to load, like for our drives down to Florida, I want to be able to load four pipes in the morning and just have them ready to go in the pipe bag sitting on the back seat of the car and grab those pipes as we're driving and smoke them. Uh, I don't want, uh, I don't want any of my smooth pipes because when I'm in the car, I 99% of the time I'm only smoking a sandblast because I don't want it bouncing around in the car or in the ashtray. You know, I just want the more durable pipes. Uh, I tend to want the shorter pipes because they're easier to deal with in the car. So now I've got a whole different trip where I'm in the car. I've got four pipes for the drive. And then I've got my two regular travel pipes that I may use while I'm out and about on the trip. Or I may use some of the other sandblasts. But again, it's, it's different styles. So a long, trip, uh, a long trip on an airplane not to a pipe show. Enough tobacco and enough pipe cleaners for me and maybe two or three pipes for the entire trip and again i'm not going to get a lot of pipe smoking time in so if i have one pipe with me during the day that pipe might get smoked for two bowls uh, a pipe show where i'm flying i want that back i want all those pipes in my backpack underneath the seat in front of me where i know nobody's going to step on them and again, I might bring some of my fancier pipes. I might bring a, you know, some of my smooths that are a little nicer looking. Uh, I might bring pipes that I want to show off to people. I might bring pipes that are from pipe makers that are represented there. So again, it's slightly different. Uh, but again, my main concern is getting those favorite pipes on and off of the airplane without them getting damaged. And then the road trip. Well, the road trip is the car smoking pipes and making sure that they're big enough to last for a while, but yet small enough and comfortable enough to hold on to while I'm driving. All right, there you go. Comments, questions, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. And in just a minute, we'll have uh, Martin Roman. This is Internet Radio. Have a look in your tobacco cellar. What do you see? Think of what you smoke what you age, what you're drawn to in a blend that keeps you wanting more. That's your taste. And whether you know it or not, you've been leading that expedition since you first picked up a pipe, just by smoking what you like and liking what you smoke. But the funny thing about taste, it changes, and you need a wide selection to accommodate it. We at Smoking Pipes know this, and you know it too. So whether you're searching for a tried and true favorite or a singular boutique mixture, we're here to help you navigate the voyage of your evolving tastes. But you're still at the helm. Smoking pipes 
in faithful service of the hobby. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show and joining us from Holland or the more properly called the Netherlands because Holland is just the nickname uh, is a pipe maker, artist, and stonecutter, Martin Romain. Martin, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. Nice to be here. So, did I pronounce your name correctly? Because I, I always want to make sure I do that. Yeah, almost, almost perfect. It is Romain. Well, we'll 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 go with that. <laughs> yeah, you were close. You were close. Yeah. Uh, so, are you born and raised in the Netherlands? Yep, born and raised. Yep, was uh, yeah. I'm living in the Netherlands for for fifty years now. So, so you're just getting used to it now. Yeah, yeah, almost. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's a uh, it's a nice uh, country to live in. I've seen uh, uh, a lot of the world in my uh, my time in the in the navy as a as a marine. I've been to uh, several countries, and I always was uh, glad to be back home in uh, in the Netherlands. <laughs> so that that's kind of that had to be fun being in the uh, in the Dutch navy. Then most of the Netherlands is below sea level, so when you got onto the ship, you were above your house. Yeah, yeah, sort of. <laughs> yeah, sort of. Always safe, yes. So did you go directly from school into the Navy? Yeah, indeed. I was uh, 18, and I, uh, I got into the Navy. I didn't didn't know what to do. Well, I said Navy, but it was the, the Royal Dutch Marine Corps, and we always say there's something different than the Navy, but... I was based on a ship uh, in the end of the when I had my training, so I was part of the navy. And, uh, well, it was a nice time, four years, is, but it was uh, way back. Now, is that it, it's not mandatory service? So this was service that you volunteered for? Yes, I volunteered. I had I had no clue about what I was going to do after school. I had no idea. So I thought when I go to uh, when I go in the army four years I have plenty of time to think and maybe maybe they teach me something I can do afterwards but uh, most of the things they teach me in the Marine Corps uh, well when I should do it after uh, in public they, they put me in jail <laughs> <laughs> so you so you didn't learn how to uh, how to fix a boat you learned how to make sure that people didn't bother you anymore yeah yeah sort of <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, in the in the four years, I had a great time seeing a lot of, of Europe, and, but afterwards, I I, I still uh, didn't learn uh, much to do uh, as a job. Now, was it during your time in the in the Dutch Royal Navy when you learned to smoke a pipe? Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, in the end of my uh, four years, I, I met a guy, and he was uh, he, We had a, a watch together. And uh, he lit up a pipe, and I was uh, amazed. I, uh, yeah, I seen all the guys smoking pipes, but uh, not as much uh, on the streets. So when I, I saw him smoking a pipe, and I smelled uh, the smell that came from the tobacco, yeah, I was intrigued of how, how you call it. I was fascinated. Yeah. So we, we started a little conversation, and he told me about it. And uh, yeah, I wanted to know more about it. 
And he told me about a, a little shop in uh, Gouda, uh, famous from the cheeses, but also from the clay pipes. Yep. And he told me, when you, you don't live very far from Gouda, so my advice is go to that particular shop and they will help you. So I went there and I entered the shop and it was a yeah, very characteristic uh, tobacco shop. Uh, loaded with pipes and uh, an elderly couple, I think they were about uh, the end 60, maybe halfway 70, older people. And uh, the guy came over and started uh, talking to me and uh, yeah, I could have, all my questions were answered about about pipes and he, he showed me them all. and talked about it, and I finally found one that I liked. I said, no, I want to buy that one. And he said, well, that's not the way it goes. You first have to uh, stand in front of that mirror, and I put something on the, the mouthpiece, and you can put it in your mouth, and you can see if it fits you, because a pipe would have to fit your face. So wow. I never heard that, but so I, I couldn't buy the pipe before I took place before the mirror and looked at myself and if the pipe fitted my face. It did, so I bought it. <laughs> but it was a funny story. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what kind of pipe was it? It was a half-bent uh, bulldog. <laughs> and it was, uh, was, was black. It was quite um, yeah, black with a, a red line on, on top of the bowl. It was, uh, in, in those days, it was kind of popular uh, range from Big Ben. Made by uh, Goebbels in, uh, in Holland. <laughs> so your face looked like a bent bulldog. Yeah, maybe it is. <laughs> 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 and, and did did he start you off with a specific tobacco, or did he let you pick one? Yeah, he, he well, he let me pick one, but there wasn't very much in those days. Um, I had, uh, if I remember right, the... Amphora red, the full aroma, so an uh, aromatic, mm-hmm. and I had some Trost Cavendish, I'm right, yeah, Trost loose cut, yeah, something like that, and I, I started smoking my pipe, but there wasn't the internet in those days, it wasn't the, uh, <laughs> yeah, we had calculators back then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So there, there was, yeah, the guy showed me how to pack a pie, but that's it. I, I left the shop and I went home and, and, and tried it. And I guess I did everything wrong. Uh, smoke too fast, packed my pipe too tight. And uh, so the, the smoke smoke was hot and wet in the end. And I uh, got some uh, some juices into my mouth. And, well, it was, uh, was not like I had expected and not like I remember from the guy uh, that, that showed me the first time <laughs> when he was smoking his pipe. But, uh, well, it worked out okay. I've smoked my pipe for about 30 years now. <laughs> Did you smoke cigarettes before that? Yeah, cigarettes and, uh, like, roll it yourself, uh, yeah. the, the check. And, yeah, I smoked it a lot. Lucky strikes. And, and yeah, it took me some years. And when I learned, uh, when I really learned to smoke a pipe, I decided uh, the cigarettes were, uh, yeah, rubbish, in, in fact, because 
I didn't smoke them for the taste. It was just uh, the, the nicotine fix. Yeah, but you were you, so you're a very traditional Dutch young man smoking Troost and Amphora and rolling uh, rolling shag tobacco for cigarettes and ah uh, yeah I'm getting excited. Um, and the uh, and for us Americans, the name of the town we would pronounce it Gouda, which is where the cheese is from, but in mm-hmm. Dutch, in Dutch, it's Gouda. Gouda, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, now you're making me hungry for some of that uh, for some of that cellar cheese that I had. Um, <laughs> anyway, so you get out of the navy, and then when do you when do you become a stone cutter? Well, that took some years. Um, uh, when I left the Marine Corps, I went to uh, a company for security, and I did that for uh, some years. But they always sent me to the to the strange and, and difficult uh, places. <laughs> so, and after a year, I, I began to feel like a vampire because I was always working at night and sleeping in the daytime. So I decided it was not what I wanted to do the rest of my life. So then uh, the big search for the <laughs> the best job uh, that that fit me uh, began. So I had quite some uh, some jobs. I I was a mechanic in a motorcycle shop and had to fix uh, imported uh, motorcycles from America. So I've uh, I've seen a lot of Harleys, etc., and, and fixed them. Did that for uh, a couple of years. Great job. But uh, then the, the company got bankrupt, and on uh, New Year's Day, I was uh, I heard the news. I, I started the, the new year without a job. Ooh. So and then I uh, started my search again, and I had yeah several jobs um, and none of them really fitted me and in the end of the line I was unemployed uh, and then somebody came up and he mentioned there was uh, how do you call it a training for unemployed um, to become a stone cutter so I went over and got some information they sent me to that uh, to that school to see if it was something for me and I went there and yeah I fell in love with with yeah to the with the job the, the stone cutting uh, sculpturing etc and uh, I signed in and uh, I, until now I'm still a stone cutter and I never regretted uh, that day because um, it's the job that that fits me it's uh, can be creative uh, make nice things, work with fascinating materials. It's a cool job. So that's what I do. We will take a break right here. When we come back, we'll talk more about stun, stone cutting, and then we'll get into pipes and tampers. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. Being at the forefront of craft tobacco production for over 20 years, We've been involved in some rather interesting projects at Cornell and Deal. From the Cellar Series to the Small Batch Project, we're extremely proud of how far we've come. 
So moving forward, we wanted to take it back to basics, and that's what the Burley Flake series is all about. Burley is an underrated varietal, but there is a ton of nuance there. Using various condimental tobaccos to accentuate different aspects of the air-cured leaf, each blend in this series is intended to showcase different individual subtleties inherent to Burley. It's a simple concept, one that I think really speaks to the essence of what we do at C&D, as a crew of folks who just love tobacco. It's also really good. Cornell & Deal's Burley Flakes series, wherever fine tobaccos are sold. back on the Pipes Magazine radio show visiting with uh, pipe maker and stone cutter Martin Romain. Romain, did I do better? I'm trying. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alright, so Martin, when we before the break, we you had started out as you learned the trade of stone cutting. Now, when mm-hmm. for, for those of us Americans that don't understand the old, you know, the old world crafts of stone cutting you're doing all kinds of stonework so anything out of and anything out of a natural rock correct yes that's correct yeah so uh, i made all kind of stuff from uh, all kinds of sort of stone uh, from belgian blue that's used a lot here in uh, our historical uh, buildings um, but also from uh, granite and, and marbles from all over the world uh, yeah, made uh, yeah making all kind of things. Uh, I've worked uh, for a company that made tombstones and I did that for uh, about 17 years. And uh, nowadays I work for a company that makes uh, more exclusive interiors like uh, uh, bathrooms and uh, kitchen tables and that kind of things and uh, more the exclusive uh, kind of things. And both have their, uh, their, their uh, positive sides. I always like to make uh, tombstones because you make uh, a monument for uh, uh, would make uh, um, touchable memory to the people that to the to the uh, person that died. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Did you ever get to work on any on restoring any of the old houses and maybe rebuilding a fireplace or any of the stonework on the front of the houses? Yeah, I did that too. And uh, um Restoration on, uh, on pavements, etc., was uh, was one of the things I did, and but yeah, mostly what I did the most was restoring old uh, tombstones, etc., uh, carving uh, uh, letters by hand into the stones. Wow. Yeah. Can you tell us? I when I was in Amsterdam, they told us the name of the what they call the little. Uh, the stones in the streets, and and I love what it translates to. But can you tell us what it's called? Yeah, that's called kinderkopjes, and in English it's it, children's heads. Yeah. <laughs> so, so when you're walking down the street, you're walking on all the little children's heads. <laughs> yeah, when you translate it like that, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, so pieces of granite and cut with uh, straight sides, and uh, it's yeah, quite regular. Uh, as a, in pavements, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I, I'm guessing they mean children by just meaning small blocks, not actual young babies. Yeah. No, it's yeah. actually small blocks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Indeed. Uh, but, 
But but you also have to be very good at that because otherwise then all the drunk people walking back from the bars at night trip over the children's heads. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they have to be uh, be perfect. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, we don't want that to happen, you know. Or the Other one, but when, when it does happen, maybe you can make a nice tombstone. <laughs> there you go. More business. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So why the uh, why the idea to make your own pipes, and then did pipe making come first, or did the tampers come first? The tampers came first. When I did some research uh, after some years of pipe smoking, um, I wanted to know more about it, and then finally there was internet, so there was a, a great new world new world opening. And I start uh, to search uh, things about pipe smoking, and I stumbled into a news group uh, called Alt Smokers Pipes ASP. That was a long time ago. That's a long time ago, <laughs> indeed. And I've met uh, yeah very nice people over there, and uh, we talked about pipes, and it was quite different than nowadays. Now we have all kind of forums, uh, fora and uh, Facebook groups. But then you could post a message, only text, and people would answer it. It, it worked quite different. So it, it may, sometimes it took a, it took a time, some time before <laughs> you had an answer. But it was nice. And I learned about uh, all kinds of, of tobaccos. And most of the people that were there were from America. So I learned about uh, GLPs, tobaccos, and but amongst uh, tobaccos, I learned about the concept of tempers. I saw people talking about it, and then some people had their own website. And I remember Minkahuna. Yeah, he had a website with with tempers, and I saw it, and I thought, well, maybe I can make my own tempers out of stone. So I started with uh, some pieces of marble on the kitchen table and I did some cutting and I ended up with a nice temper. And on the news group I couldn't post my pics. So there was a guy, uh, Travis Sivert, he is still active on the internet nowadays, and he said to me, well Martin, if you send me some pics, I can post them on my website. So I sent him some pics and he posted them and I got some positive reactions. People were enthusiastic about uh, my work. So I started making more. And I wanted to know more about the uh, American tobaccos, of course. So I started trading them. So I, my first tempers were trade for uh, some tins of GLP's tobacco. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it started. And from tempers, uh, yeah, from that I went into making uh, pipe stands, temper stands, ashtrays, and I've been doing that now for about 16 years, and I've sold most of them to the to the states. So, so now you can you can go to work and get the extra parts or pieces and bring them home and then make something out of them so they don't go to waste. Yep, indeed. Yeah. I, uh, I've been doing that for all those years, you know, when you're working with some nice materials, I always lay away the nice parcels of, of 
crap. Normally, would would throw them away, but I've put them in my uh, my workplace, and uh, I've I've been always looking out for the pieces with nice fossils in it, etc. So I've got uh, quite a collection of uh, nice pieces of stone waiting in my shed to make uh, something out of it. <laughs> waiting for the time or waiting for the idea to happen? Both. <laughs> <laughs> waiting for the idea to happen and also the time, because nowadays I'm more into my pipe making. <laughs> yeah, so let, let's transition into that. Why <laughs> why decide to make a pipe? Yeah, why? Well, it just kind of happened. I... I I was making my tempers and I always uh, was following following other pipe makers on uh, on Facebook etc on the internet and I always was fascinated by how they make their pipes and I always had the day from well maybe one day I'll buy a, a pre-drilled block and, and try to make my pipe so then another pipe maker from Belgium uh, called uh, Massis he said to me, well, I can send you a, a couple of blocks. So he sent me a pre-drilled pre block and I started to uh, to carve it. And I didn't have the, the right machine or something. But I ended up with, with quite a nice pipe. So that made me uh, yeah, hungry to make, uh, to make more pipes. And, well, to make a long story short, uh, I, I bought some pieces of briar and uh, started drilling them, but then it came out and I, I should have a lot. Is that the right name of is it? A lead, is it or not? Where you can turn and drill your pipes on. The lathe. Lathe, indeed. Yeah. And um, my parents came over and they saw my, uh, my first made pipes and they were enthusiastic. And my father said, well, we're going to uh, a store and I'm, we are going to give you a lathe as a present. My, my father is now uh, 81 and he said, you know, I would like to give you something while I'm still here. And uh, that's nicer than when you get something when, I, when I'm gone. So I prefer to give it with a warm hand than to give it a bit of cold hand. That's what he <laughs> literally said. I like that. So my yeah, so my parents gave me a lathe and well, then then all it went, then it all went uh, quite fast. <laughs> that was I, the I, end of that. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I bought my blocks of briar and I, I, I started making pipes, but I, I never worked on a lathe, so I had to do it with... Uh, um, YouTube uh, movies of other pipe makers and news groups about pipe making, reading and, and, and watching how other people do it. And then I just started. And in fact, that, that's the way I did it my whole life. Um, watching and, and, and afterward doing it. Because when I became a, a motor mechanic, I, I I never worked on a motorcycle. I just started, and closely watching what what you are doing, and learning from yourself. That's also the way I did it with my stone cutting. Um, 
I, I learned the basics, but when I was working in the, the company, the Tombstones, one day my boss came over and said, well, Martin, we have a problem. I've ordered a, a tombstone with a, a rose uh, sculptured on top of it, but there went, something went wrong and the stone will not be on time. So can you cut a rose for me on that stone? Well, I said, I never did it, but I know what a rose looks like and I know how to cut stone, so let's try. So and I learned myself to cut a rose. Uh, wow. On the end of the day, there was a rose on the, on the stone. So that the same thing happened with, with pipe making. Um, I always say that the pipe is already in the piece of briar. I just have to reveal it. And that's the way it works. Is cutting wood very different than cutting stone? Well, it is tougher, but uh, in, in other ways, it's, it's quite the same because also what, what you cut off, it's gone. You know, you, you can't go, go back and <laughs> you have to think about what, what you're throwing away of cutting off a piece of wire. The same with stone. So it's definite. When you, when you cut it off, it's done. Yeah. So that's the same with both of it, with stone and, and briar. So, and what you are going to make is already inside the piece, and you have to think about it and think about your action, uh, actions, what you're going to do. Is stone similar in like briar, where as you cut into it, you may find a problem with that piece and then have to throw it all away and start over? Um, yeah, that, that can happen. There are veins in, in, in stone that can ruin your work. But um, it also learned me uh, when a problem appears, it's not always uh, wasted. And when, when I make a pipe, I, I start with uh, some of a plan because I, I have my piece of briars in, in, in my shed and every once in a while I, I take them in my hand and I look at it and, and turn them over and I try to see what pipe is in it and then I lay them away. And it, it can happen sometimes I, I have a piece of briar, I have had it in my hands for five times and suddenly I see what... What, what pipe I'm going to make and then I get started but sometimes what I have planned to make is not going to work out because there was a flaw in the wood and in working with stone it, it learned me to change my plan uh, so what I'm doing is letting the briar tell me what kind of pipe is in it um, and the same with the stone. You Sometimes you yeah. have to let Mother Nature take charge and you just do what you can do. Exactly. In stone, I, I try to see the, the veins and, and the colors and what's the best way to cut it. And I, I work in the same way with, with my briar. Have you used stone on some of your pipes? Um, I've made some inlays in the, in the, the bamboo uh, mouthpieces of, of shanks. And I've laid some uh, some gemstones in the, in, the, in the little uh, grooves that are on it. <laughs> and uh, I have plans to make uh, stone rings. Now I make uh, make some uh, acrylic rings between uh, the, the stem and the shank. But 
in the future I would like to make some some stone uh, some stone rings. Yeah. What is uh, Facebook or your website? Which one is better for people to see your pipes or to get a hold of you? Uh, my website is uh, is where I display my work, also the sold items. There you can see all the things I've had, that I've made. And on my Facebook, I I try to show the the process, making pictures of what I'm doing. And so, on my website, you can see the the, the products I've made, and on my Facebook, you can see how I make it. The website is R O M I J N tampers t-a-m-p-e-r-s dot n-l and on facebook it's r-o-m-i-j-n pipes and tampers and there's a lot of pretty pictures i'm i also really like some of the pipe stands that you've done in the past the they look like they're beautiful pieces of sculpture that look like they'd look perfect on an end table with a couple of pipes in them yeah <laughs> well thank you and and I would imagine they weigh a lot, so that means that shipping is very difficult. Um, no, because shipping is uh, when you ship, the the weight is about two kilos. From from five hundred grams to two kilos is the same price, so that's that's not too difficult. No. <laughs> uh, anything coming up in the future? Besides the fact that you work a full-time job and then do this part-time, mm-hmm. yeah, that's yeah. I see it as a, as a hobby, and I don't know what's going to happen in the in the future. Nowadays, I, uh, I I I make my pipes and they they sell, but I'm not making a lot because I don't have uh, that much time. You know, and I, I do it after my work and in the weekends. I uh, I work uh, four days a week. One day a week, I uh, I work on my uh, my little workshop. And of course, with my time in the weekend. But uh, yeah, not really big plans for the for the future. We'll see what happens. Martin, we will wrap this up with the fast five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer. Just whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. What is your favorite pipe? Uh, Le Nouveau. The uh, French company and uh, the French brand. It's uh, it's Italian. Uh, Is it? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Mario Tombali. Okay. All right. Yeah. And what is your favorite tobacco? Oh, I have to be fast. Oh, tobacco, man, that's difficult to choose. <laughs> I have to pick only one. Um, Embarcadero, GLPs. So you so you like all the American tobaccos, huh? Yeah, I like the GLPs, Cornell and Deal, but but. Uh, yeah, also also the English tobaccos. You know, Stonehaven is also one of my favorites. Yeah, when you can find it. Um, yeah. <laughs> what is your favorite drink? Whiskey. Oh, all right. Wait a second. You live in you live in Holland, and now you're huh? now you're drinking, I you know Irish, Scottish, and American stuff, and smoking more American tobaccos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, whiskey in my second is Geneva. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Um, when it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? Music. Uh, wait, let me guess. Jazz? Nope. No? Oh, good. No. No, country. Johnny Cash. Oh, God, he's even more American than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> 
we're in trouble. <laughs> and when to your listeners, I have a, um, when we're talking about cares, I have a, 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 an artist at the moment I like, I re really like a lot is a Coulter Wall. Spell that. Oh, Coulter is C O L T E R Wall. W A L L. Okay. And then finally, do you have a favorite pipe smoking related memory? Mm. No, just uh, smoking a pipe with good friends and a good conversation and a nice drink by the fire. That's it. Sounds perfect. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Especially as it's starting to get cool out now and. Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I have a, in, in my garden, I have a, a garden fireplace. And uh, I, my favorite evenings are lighting up the fire and smoking my pipe and a cool drink. Yeah. Can be, doesn't get better than that. And then one last request if you could in Dutch, please say hello to all the pipe smokers out there. Uh, hello, all the pipe smokers out there. Leuk dat jullie naar mijn verhaal geluisterd hebben. En, en ja, wie weet vinden jullie nog wel eens een keer de tijd om eens op mijn website te kijken. Zou leuk zijn. En hopelijk you didn't get me in trouble with anybody. Nou, nah, dat niet. <laughs> Thank you very much for coming on and uh, thanks for joining us and keep doing all the good work you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. It was nice to talk to you, Brian. We'll be back in just a minute. A Savinelli pipe is a testament to a long legacy, fortified by well-worn hands and destined to be enjoyed for generations. For over 150 years, Savinelli has been dedicated to sourcing the world's finest briar, committed to pushing the boundaries of pipe design, and devoted to the tradition of Italian pipe making. Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark, and like you, there can only be one Savinelli. This is Internet Radio. And we are back. Please do check out all of Martin's stuff. It's uh, good-looking stuff. Uh, anyway, uh, hopefully, maybe, hopefully, he'll get more time to make some pipes and tampers and stands. Anyway, for music and for the week of Halloween that we are in right now, uh, so this one comes to me from uh, Dino, the, uh, the official uh, musical director of the Pipes Magazine radio show. And he said it's a he, uh, it's a short ditty by pipe smokers Boris Karloff and Bella Lugosi singing "We're Horrible Horrible Men," and it's from a 1938 Ozzy Nelson radio show. Uh, and of course, both uh, Boris Karloff and Bella Lugosi, famous for you know monster movies, thriller movies, brilliant actors, and both pipe smokers. And um, I wouldn't classify them as uh, great singers but uh, you'll hear this here and, and keep in mind this was recorded in 1938 How do you like that? The horror men turn out to be crooners Boris Karloff and Bella Lugosi sing men Horrible, horrible men. We are killing us, killing us, 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 us,
would make strong men afraid. You can blame us for it, for the rent must be paid. We are horrible, 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 horrible men. We are horrible, 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 horrible men. We're villainous, killinous, treacherous, lecherous, gruffiest, toughiest men. Though the movies would make me a terrible brute, when my makeup is off, I am really quite cute. We're horrible, 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 horrible men. It's really a wonder why they didn't, uh, you know, like record an album and get like a top 10 single out of that. Yes! You have new mail. Yahoo! In the mailbag. And remember, Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at PipesMagazine.com. You can email me directly or do like these fine gentlemen did and post on the Pipes Magazine radio show page on PipesMagazine.com, the newly remodeled PipesMagazine.com. And uh, Ira, the writing rabbi, writes, Happy birthday, Brian. Another great show. I enjoyed the next helping of interviews from the core Sutliff show, but I think I've had enough. <laughs> uh, he said the music was terrible, but somehow fascinating, and the rant rave was interesting, despite the obvious fact that styrofoam is a menace. Cheers, Ira. Uh, a couple of things there. Yeah, I had a birthday, so uh, one more one more trip around the sun for me, and I hope to get more. I've got enough tobacco to last a while, and I don't want to leave any behind. Um, and the music was terrible, but somehow fascinating. Yeah, I agree. Um, anyway, yes, yeah, so and we are done with the uh, core show interviews. And um, Styrofoam is, uh, according to a uh, article sent to me by Sheldon Richmond, Styrofoam's not quite as bad as plastic. So Styrofoam does break down in decades. Anyway, uh, it's the uh, lesser of two evils. Uh, Casey Ghost writes, really good show. Chuck Stanion was his usual quirky, charming self. I've greatly enjoyed his writings at Smoking Pipes. He's a real treasure, but we'd be a better we'd be better off with him at PNT if that was possible. Uh, Matthew McCraney had a number of interesting things to say on the on the Country Squire. They had the VP of Sales and Marketing, Leonard Wartzel, on uh, for Lane. And he said that nothing would change for the consumer. Yeah, I didn't believe either. Um, <laughs> and then uh, Dan goes on to write, Music was somehow interesting, but I must admit The Nightmare Before Christmas is one of my favorite holiday movies. <laughs> right? I guess it's right up his alley. Um, anyway, yeah, uh, you know, that last week's show had a bunch of variety in it. Um, that's all I can say. Uh, and then Steve Davenport, who you heard on one of the core show uh, interviews there, uh, wrote me a while back, and, uh, and here's what he says. Uh, Hi, Brian. You may remember several months back that we traded several emails or Facebook messages about a pipe that I picked up at the show in Vegas last year that had a terrible gurgle. I smoked it for a while, and although the gurgle seemed to ease up a little bit, I think it was more uh, more of a case of me drying my tobacco a little more and really slowing my cadence. It never really went away. 
I'd pretty much resigned myself to the idea that the pipe would either become trade material or an infrequent smoker, shelf ornament, or at least until this week. I picked it up the other day for that infrequent smoke, and of course the gurgle was there, and I knew I would be swabbing it out with a pipe cleaner on a regular basis. As I did, I noticed that the pipe cleaner was catching somewhere and not passing cleanly through to the bottom of the bowl. I'd noticed this before. The stem only has a slight bend, so a pipe cleaner should pass with no problem, right? In the past, I'd tried to blame it on a little bend at the end of the pipe cleaner, catching on the mortise, but as I smoked on, I noticed that that wasn't where the pipe cleaner was catching. Instead, it was catching where the tenon, a Delrin tenon, stopped inside the stem. Fast forward a couple of days until I finally had a chance to pull the stem out and shine a light inside. Instead of seeing perfectly round hole all the way through the tenon, I saw a ragged rectangle where the end of the tenon met the stem. I knew that wasn't right. I found a properly sized drill bit, carefully reamed out the obstruction, then brushed out the pits of plastic and accumulated crud. The result, after two or three bowls, no more gurgle and a much improved draw. So what was the offending blockage? Hard to say. Probably not a result of drilling, but instead maybe a bit of epoxy that squeezed out when the tenon was inserted into the stem. We'll probably never know for sure, but I'm a much happier camper. So the moral of Steve's story is, if you've got a pipe that's given you problems, um, you know, pull it apart. Make sure that everything looks right, lines up right. Uh, if you're trying to figure out where that pipe is having a problem with draw, stick the pipe cleaner in until you hit it. Mark it with your fingers on the on the button of the stem. Pull it out. Line that pipe cleaner up to the profile of the pipe, and that will give you a measurement. Uh, and uh, don't give up on them. All right, don't give up on them. Just keep working with them. Uh, and, and sometimes even a brand new pipe needs you know three, four, five bowls through it to you know get that gurgle out uh in other news uh charles writes hey brian halloween in 2017 you and you interviewed ron powell of rd pipes uh, he makes fantastic pipes but through some familial responsibilities he relocated and had to stop making pipes he made his way back to Texas and sold off his stunning collection of artisan pipes to buy new equipment in order to create even better pipes, and the results are profound. Uh, Ryan Alden and Ryan's neighbor Dean showed up like the cavalry to help get his new lathe in place. It is good to have friends with big muscles and bigger hearts. Do you think you can give a shout-out letting people know that he's back in the saddle? Knowing Ron, he's too humble to ask. Anyway, so there he is, and a uh, shout-out to uh, Ryan and Ryan's neighbor, Dean, for helping Ron get going. Uh, it's rdpipes.briar.club if you want to take a look at his website, but uh, apparently he's back up and running and running well. And then finally, uh, Nate Rose of the Rose Pipe Company up in Ontario, Canada, has uh, written to me and said... Uh, hey, Brian, I've got a favorite ask. Starting November 4th, I'll be running a raffle for a pipe, tamper, and stand for $10 a ticket. Uh, 
It'll run until December 16th, and all money raised will go to the London, Ontario NICU, which is uh, the uh, neonatal intensive care unit. That's for the uh, little patients or the young patients. So I was wondering if being a Pipes Magazine alumni, if I could maybe get the word out on this and help me raise a few more dollars. Thanks, Nate. <laughs> Thanks, Rose Pipe Co. Uh, so I told him, yeah, I'd be happy to mention it. Uh, it's $10 each. Uh, I'm assuming that's $10 Canadian. So in US dollars, that's uh, something less than that. Anyway, if you go to uh, paypal.com, you can send it to Rose Pipes co at gmail.com or go to Nate's website for more details or to reach out to him. Uh, you can also follow him on Instagram and you can follow me on Instagram and you can follow me on Facebook and I will try to, I'm, I'm trying to do a better job of posting some interesting stuff and fun stuff and yeah, some average stuff. But uh, do that. And remember, if you're traveling anywhere, email me first, brian.levine at mei-travel.com or brian at pipesmagazine.com or send me a message on Facebook or send me a message on Instagram. Either way, let me uh, talk to me first before you start traveling or start booking your plans. Uh, I can definitely help uh, save you time. And if I can't save you money, I will... Uh, help you in the uh, help you in the correct way to save some money all right a uh, rave is coming up next this is phil morgan general manager of missouri meersham corncob pipes in washington missouri our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford we guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meerschaum Company, we don't just sell our corncob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meerschaum, Washington, Missouri, since 1869. I mentioned earlier I had a birthday last week so yes I've gone one more complete trip around the sun and I don't plan on going anywhere and I'm not I'm not bragging or anything but I've got enough pipe tobacco that I own here at home to uh, last me another 24 25 years and I'm not done buying more and I don't plan on leaving anything behind I don't plan on leaving anything for uh, old Steve Fallon to try to sell I plan on smoking it all but the reason for this rave is for, once again, the internet and the community of pipe smokers. Uh, just the, the amount of birthday wishes and greetings from, I think, eight different countries besides the U.S., uh, all those came in on Facebook and, of course, Instagram. Nobody knows your birthday, which is kind of nice. But at the same time on Facebook, all day long on my birthday and a couple before and several after with the birthday wishes, it is truly a pleasure to be part of such a community where so many people take a few minutes out of their day to reach out to you and uh, say thanks. And I even had people that stopped and you know, 
thanked us, thanked me and Kevin for the radio show and how much they appreciate it. And the birthday wishes just kept coming and coming. So, you know, once again, I'm, I'm very grateful to be part of a community like this, the pipe and tobacco hobby. Uh, I'm very happy that we have, you know, the internet where we can put up little shows like this and where you have media like uh, the forums and uh, and Facebook and stuff like that for people to connect. And it does mean a lot. So thank you very much to all those that did that. To those of you that didn't, thank you very much because then I didn't have to respond either. So still love everybody. All right. I uh, hope to see a lot of you in Las Vegas coming up this weekend. Uh, if you you know, if you can't make it out to Vegas, I'll try to post some pictures and stuff like that. So watch my Instagram and Facebook feed. I want to thank Martin for joining me. Thank you all for tuning in. And until next time. the clouds when we're together just sing a song and think about sunny weather happy My name is Boris Karloff, and I've got a secret. <laughs>